recording. Well, that's exciting. Nice. That's what you want to hear. I hope so. <laughs> Hi, Alan. Hi, Aaron. How are you? I am I'm well. How are you? Uh, I'm glad that we got our shit together, but you know, yeah. every time I dick around with this, I'm like, hmm, what if I just didn't? <laughs> What if we just yelled into the void and whoever heard us heard us? Well, yeah, I guess that's fair. So I guess listeners open your windows. You might be able to, next episode of the Ficklist might be coming at you. You just hear. <laughs> I tried to do the airplane. It did. I don't know if it worked or not. We'll find out. I hope it did. Welcome back to the Fake List, everybody. Welcome back. Another thrilling episode. It is a thrilling episode, Alan. Would you, would you like to know why? Yes, I'm I, I'm dying to know. Because we're not doing an episode of the Fake List. <laughs> what? <laughs> then what are they listening to? A great question. A great and sundry question for the folks at home. So, um... Uh, in case you are unaware, <laughs> here's here's the sitch. SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild AFTRA, <laughs> and the WGA, which is the Writers Guild of America, are on strike currently. And we do a podcast that is about creative work. Mm-hmm. It's not our creative work. We don't own it. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't legally be scabbing if we talked about it. But the unions have asked us not to promote struck work we'll talk more about that later Mm -hmm. but the gist of it is that we're not going to do fan fiction related episodes for the duration of the strike in solidarity with the unions yeah so that's it bye everybody (laughs) (laughs) thanks for tuning in (laughs) jk just kidding before we get too far into it um i did write an outline of this episode and we were supposed to start with an intro and our ko-fi supporters (laughs) I did see that and I was like, okay, we are immediately ignoring this lovely outline that you created, Yep. but I'll follow you. Thanks. Uh, I made a, a TikTok, I don't know how long ago, that was like, it's the quote from Leonard Snart that's like, make the plan, try the plan, fuck up the plan, throw away the plan. <laughs> that's not the quote, but it's close enough. And that's basically what our episodes are. <laughs> it's what fanfic true. is. It's like, make an outline, fuck up the outline. Yep throw it away it's garbage (laughs) we're not doing it so in the spirit of our podcast and fan fiction we yeah yeah (laughs) fuck the outline yeah fuck the outline but that's that's sort of the gist of this (laughs) (laughs) save me alan (laughs) how are you i am doing i'm doing well i am very tired all of the time i think that and and we're just like in the midst of the worst uh season of the of the year yeah. Which is summer. And I'm sorry to all the summer girlies that are oh, like, so true. oh my God, but like, have you ever gone outside for a perfect summer night? Yes, I have, Sharon. Yes, I have. <laughs> and you know what? It's still a swamp. Define <laughs> perfect it. summer exactly. night. Because my perfect summer night is an autumn night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. My perfect, Crisp, yeah. Wearing a cardigan, perhaps. Yeah. My I hate summer. Yeah. We are not summer girlies. No, we are not. We've talked about this a lot. We do. Yeah. This comes up every summer. Every summer. Because it's summer is the worst. We and hate I just, it. I, I'm always shocked when i find people that are like but i love this summer i have to understand there's different people my dad is a summer boy he loves it he always growing up he was like hell is cold i was like hell is this fucking house (laughs) get some air conditioning jesus christ (laughs) also isn't hell like known for its 
flames of damnation. He'd be happy in it, is what oh, he's saying. I see what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, because he's like, no, 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 hell is not hot. He would take hot any day over being even the slightest bit cold. And I'm like, <laughs> could you attempt? Well, this is also the man who wouldn't turn the heat on in the winter to like save eight dollars. He used to literally sit in our house. This is diverged entirely. <laughs> he would sit downstairs in our house in a parka. That is absolutely wild. And eventually, my mom put her foot down and was like, sweater. <laughs> We're going to make it sweater appropriate in yes. this house. That's it. We're not Amazing. doing this anymore. And the energy cost went down, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because uh, fun fact, when you let your heating get so low that the heating then has to kick on like overdrive oh. to save your pipes. And then you do that over and over and over again. It's the like up and down of it yeah. is way worse than just picking like a moderately temperate. Like a gradual and stay yeah. there situation. Yeah. So like it wasn't like our house was like warm yeah we like we hovered at a solid like 62 oh lovely Uh, yeah it was very temperate but like you know it was better than the 57 that it was at before yeah i'm surprised we never had pipes burst this is entirely unnecessary information for you all to have. But, but don't oh well. you all feel lucky to have it now? This, this is a Ficklist episode. Yeah, truly. <laughs> nothing has changed. <laughs> nothing is different. We're the same goofballs. Same yeah. yeah. Nothing Nothing is different than it was before. <laughs> so fun. How, how have you been? I've been fine. Yeah. I just got back from vacation, so I'm having a grand old fucking time um my i came in and i was sitting at my desk and i my boss came in for the first time seeing me and he was like hey you look well rested and i was like i am thank you i and immediately was like not well rested anymore but it was like so nice that first day everyone was like wow you're just like glowing Aww. and i was like yeah thanks <laughs> it's because i wasn't here <laughs> i was away from here i wasn't, I wasn't yeah, thinking about work because i didn't think about you all once <laughs> I played Stardew Valley and went swimming with the sharks, and that was about it. Incredible. It was delightful. What a lovely summer. Yeah, it was so good. I didn't actually swim with sharks, to be clear. Well, technically, if you're in the ocean, you're swimming with sharks. (laughs) But we could have an entire episode about sharks. We could. We could. Yeah. We could get real unhinged and not even pick topics that are fandom related. That's actually kind of hysterical. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, guys. (laughs) Welcome to the Fick List. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Great White Shark and how it has been... Uh, mislabeled as a mindless eating machine when it's actually an apex predator. It's like really smart. <laughs> and also it's not, this is my hot take. They're not shark infested waters. They're human infested waters. <laughs> that's true. They live there. Yeah. That would be like true. me. They'd be like a shark walking into my house <laughs> and then being mad when I hit it. <laughs> like guys, they live there. It's a real bummer that people like bump into them. That's a bad, it's, yeah. a, it's bad. Bad news bears. Yeah. I don't love that. Yeah. However, you wouldn't say that it's a, you know, I don't know, like a cat infested jungle. Mm. That's just the fucking jungle. That's yeah. They live there. That happens to be if where you they live. Get eaten by a bagheera. That's on you, boo. <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. I think that that makes a lot of sense, and you're really making me question. Like, why do we call it shark infested? Because we're assholes. Well, I, my opinion is that we're entitled. It's an entitlement. Oh, thing. true. We feel entitled to the ocean because yeah. it's fun for us. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I could go on. About, I literally could go on about this. For I love it. <laughs> so long. It makes me so mad. Some of the documentaries, I'm just like, I get that we're upset. Yeah. That we can't go surfing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it out there that surfing is not a human right. <laughs> it's true. And maybe the sharks were there first. <laughs> and will outlive us, by the way, as oh, they good, should. Good for them. Yeah. When we inevitably boil the ocean. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that the real weird ones stick around. but <laughs> Real weird sharks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some weird ones out there. Oh, scary. My favorite. Okay. This is going to get cut (laughs) off. My favorite is the cookie cutter shark. (laughs) So it's this one particular shark. It's very rarely documented, but they've been seeing more because it usually hangs out in like deep, deep, deep water. So you don't ever. You'll see like the 
the bites of it on like tuna and stuff yeah but you don't normally encounter them although they've been having more because the oceans are changing mm. and basically this cookie cutter shark it's like three or four foot long and it has a particular set of jaws where it'll come up from below and they don't know yet well they haven't really determined but they think what it either does is one of two things it clomps onto you and then rotates its body Ah, and pulls like a a biscuit cutter basically cookie cutter oh i see yeah or which i think is more likely based on what they're talking about physiologically with these sharks is it comes up clomps on and then its bottom jaw scoops like a little like ice cream scoop so basically the jaw goes basically through the muscle and the sinew and closes that way and then it comes back down and it, like because you find these perfectly circular bites on these fish and sometimes people uh-huh. and it's called a cookie cutter shark horrifying oh it's horrifying absolutely horrifying uh-huh. it comes up from the deep and takes a bite out of you before you even know what's happening and then it's you're done and that's why i don't do beaches <laughs> <laughs> you're like that's, that's why, why i hate the summer that's why i've not been to an ocean it in happens years. mostly in um it happens mostly to channel surfers or channel oh, swimmers rather oh i see yeah so they'll go in these like deep water channels to like competitively swim these channels Wrong. and Idiots. yeah that's what happens fools yeah oh horrifying my nuts so so <laughs> How do we segue? Um, um, unlike sharks who are uh, incorrectly labeled as villains, mm-hmm. let's talk about the correctly labeled villains of capitalism. <laughs> Fucking capitalism. <laughs> Before we started recording, Alan, two separate instances complained about the hellscape of capitalism, direct quote. Yeah. And I was like, damn it, why aren't we recording? <laughs> Someone throw a counter on the side of this podcast. Have a drink and, yeah, every time. Every time you hear the word capitalistic hellscape. Yeah. We'll be drunk in 16 minutes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, it'll be good. Um, before we dive into all of that, uh, <laughs> this is the fic list. So one of one of the things that happened because of this, so we were working on a next episode mm-hmm. that we had recorded. Yep. It's magic. It is. Uh, Alan was going to edit it. It's fantastic. Yeah, so um, fun. It just took longer than <laughs> it took to, we, we did not post it in time to, to beat the deadline. In, in fact, yeah. Yeah, of the, of the strike starting. So we made this decision knowing that we have an episode in the can that, I'm sorry, y'all. We just are going to hold on to it until yeah. whatever. In, because in it's about struck. It yeah, it's in the vault. Because it was about, I mean, it, the fandoms were Our Flag Means Death, mm-hmm. which is HBO Max. Yep. And uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, that's right. Which is Nickelodeon, which is owned by Paramount. Yep. Which are both struck companies. Yep, yep. So we were like, well, fuck nuggets. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that episode. So it'll come out eventually. Yeah. Um, if if you're if nothing else motivates you to be in solidarity with the strike go complain to all of the people that you didn't get your episode of the ficklist yeah. <laughs> and you won't until the strike is over we're holding it hostage <laughs> so it's a work stoppage <laughs> get bob Iger on the phone yeah call bob Iger that fuck face and be like i understand that you don't know what this is however <laughs> however we do have a hostage super pissed that you have made it so that way the ficklist can't release the, oh. the track but yeah, no, that's true. It is like it's in whatever. So part of that episode, actually, quick segue, we talked a little bit about our Ko-Fi. Oh, yes. We're going to talk about it at the top of the episode because we feel like, or at least I do, feel like we have, we neglected to do some shout outs the last time yep. and it's been many months now and it feels shitty. So I was like, we should start the episode with this and then we'll dive into other stuff. Absolutely. Um, we have a Ko-Fi. Yes. Coffee. Ko-Fi. <laughs> ko-fi.com and it is a way for us to attempt to mitigate some of the costs associated with uh, making this podcast mm-hmm. which 
not gonna lie, are going up (laughs) (laughs) every year. And partially it's our own fault. We decide to go to Comic Cons every, you know, whatever, which is also a thing that may or may not be impacted by the strike. Um, Stay tuned. TBD. (laughs) (laughs) We're very stressed out about it. But, you know, we do all this stuff. Like, you know, we upgraded our sound equipment. We, you know, go to conventions. The last one was in Chicago. We're hoping to go to New York in October if things go well. So, you know, costs rise up <laughs> and like we're both relatively well off like, yeah. we have a, we both have solid income which is good yes. so we can absorb those costs but we also felt like you know what there are people in this community who want to support us so we have a ko-fi and it's all community stuff because we don't do advertisements <laughs> that's true shockingly enough we're not like top tier <laughs> <laughs> where's my audible brandy where's our amazon code? struck company we're not oh, doing it fuck, yeah. true. so okay again a sidebar um <laughs> the so tiktok does put you in contact with some weird people right uh-huh. and by i say weird with the lovingest of course because it's like tumblr you know yeah. like, it's like a niche whatever um at one point i i really loved this video of this person who was making a like hey barbie hey ken but with like a demon voice oh and it was with um a, a giant plushie of gritty from like the philadelphia <laughs> gritty yeah. guy and it was so funny and so unhinged i sent it to like eight people and I commented on it. I was like, this is hilarious. And uh, that was the official Squishables brand account. <laughs> and they responded, Bestie, we love your channel. Yes. So Squishables. Squishables, we. You are not a struck company. Right. Yeah. If you want to you wanna give us a promo code. My kingdom for a Mothman Squishy. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Honestly, please. please, can we do some kind of brand deal with yes. Squishables? I was like, I will put aside my anti-capitalist <laughs> uh, feelings for Squishies. Like, I'll do it. Yeah absolutely i'll be a whore for a mothman squishy listen we you can't avoid capitalism unfortunately the way that the world is built so why not enjoy some squishy mothman does squishy mothman count as ethical capitalism (laughs) i think it should that's that's our next episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um we don't do advertisements unless squishables calls in which case cool beans will amend that statement to we only do brand deals with squishables squishables, yeah so we have ko-fi which is community oriented i feel good about raising money from the community if we can i think that makes total sense for what we do sometimes i think you know raising money through a traditional advertising model feels kind of icky to me absolutely um given that what we do is talk about fan works yep it just feels wrong i get it so um yeah so ko-fi there are a couple of folks who have there are actually many folks who have been donating to us and the last sort of batch of folks that we did not give a shout out to include liao Mm -hmm. shahar sad little nerd king and ali and we also have a recurring donor which is absolutely bonkers yeah it blows my mind i love you yes uh dion dion thank you you've so been much. donating like it's a it's like a small recurring donation but yeah. like that means so much Absolutely. to us like literally a dollar a month is twelve dollars a year if you were to multiply that by like a hundred people we would pay off our con expenses that's true i'm like not kidding we like, pay off hosting for the for the yeah that's our hotel episodes. bill yeah yeah like Website. oh yeah, yeah yeah there are so many things that like you don't think about like one person it's the whole starfish thing like it's like (laughs) one starfish in the ocean whatever it's like that it's like you know one little drop in the bucket but it's actually many drops in many buckets exactly yeah so um we owe all of you and everyone who's ever donated to our ko-fi a huge thank you yes um we love and appreciate you and if you are interested you can find our ko-fi in all of our socials like our link tree all that kind of stuff in the um whatever thing the episode description episode description i almost (laughs) said summary 
which is kind of true. That's what that's that's our flavor. That's our theme. Yeah. Yeah. In the summary of the episode, and um, yeah, we would appreciate even if you have a dollar to spare. Yeah, we'll take it. We will take a dollar. (laughs) Thank you. We will take it and be grateful for it. So, (laughs) Squishables, we're waiting on that Mothman though. So true. We also do have a Ko-Fi shop where you can buy um, a Ficklas sticker. (gasps) Oh man, yes. If you're interested, um, the they're pretty. I mean, they're only five bucks. Yeah. The profit margin on those are pretty good though. let me tell you i was like in full disclosure <laughs> those are intended to like make back the money that we spent on them um but they are they're like nice little stickers i have found okay so the quality of them wise yeah. they're great for like a laptop or something that doesn't yeah. get wet yeah mine on my water bottle is like trash already so don't put them on a water bottle mine on my laptop looks gorgeous yeah do that <laughs> so do like a laptop you could do like a, a notebook yeah phone case oh, anything yeah. that's not going to get like scrubbed yeah because if you wash your, if you wash the sticker, the ink starts to fade. It's not like a instantly. vinyl sticker. Yeah, it's not. It's like a propylene, whatever, yeah. and it's it doesn't have like a cover on it. So, exactly. Yeah. So just a heads up. A heads up. I'll be very very upfront about it. <laughs> 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 Maybe next time we'll get like true vinyl, but we didn't that time because they're yeah. so much more expensive. Absolutely. And if there's other things that you want to see in our Ko-Fi shop, um, let us know. Um, I am a huge fan of uh, enamel pins. Oh my god, yeah. Which would be so great, but I don't want to order like 200 enamel pins and have them sitting in this apartment. Yeah. For the next like studio forever yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we would have to maybe do like a pre-order or something oh that's not a bad idea yeah so if people like if we if you were interested in that we could do that and collect your information ahead of making it and like mm. set a cutoff date and then order that many and yeah. send them out anyway yeah let us know if there's any any type of merch that you'd like to see from the fic list mm-hmm. we are happy to oblige if possible <laughs> yes if financially and responsibility wise <laughs> if it makes sense we'll do it yes, if it is viable we will do it uh thick list squishable <laughs> that was my when? first thought i was like squishables you should make a thick list series have aaron and alan squishables and a geraldine squishable oh and caitlin and a caitlin squishable yeah. well we did talk about this yeah. all right so they have a open squid this episode is not about squishables <laughs> i love that we came in here like fuck capitalism also squishables let's participate in capitalism <laughs> um anyway squishables has an open squish project or whatever where basically people can submit design ideas and i was like let us submit fanfic related squishy ideas and get a cut (laughs) for a cut and i asked caitlin about it and she was like we could do lemons like lemon like spicy like little like blushing lemons would be fine that is cute i was like we could do lemons limes and grapefruits (laughs) there could be a whole series and then we have to educate people and i was like how do you make alpha and omega (laughs) squishables How do you make Mpreg squishies? The, tr- the true questions. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and then I was like, I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Yeah, but there are there are things we could do. Yeah, I like not. This is not a joke. Squishables. If you want to call us, like <laughs> you <laughs> have TikTok inboxes right wide open. Yeah, it is for you. Yeah, <laughs> babes. The ficklist at gmail for all business inquiries. <laughs> But oh yeah. man okay now that that little fun appeal to capitalism has uh yes. gone out of the way we're gonna talk about something else yes and now for something completely different yes so now how capitalism is ruining <laughs> is this evil. country is evil i literally titled the section and now for something completely different <laughs> <laughs> um aka we're pivoting yep so like i said we're pivoting uh because we decided that we're not gonna do that we don't want to break the strike why do we give a shit is the next section (laughs) so i thought it might be interesting for the audience to know we don't talk about our backgrounds in much specificity because we usually don't have time right normally we're talking about you know we're doing basically our book club thing and we have our fan fics to talk about and we talk about ourselves in relation to the fix but we don't ever talk about other than the fact that i used to be your boss yep like 
our broke artist stories mm-hmm. and our sort of like how we got to where we are now as yep. adults. And also the stuff that we do that might be related to movement building, activism, whatever. So, Alan, yeah, <laughs> do you want to tell a little bit of like why you care about the SAG after and WGA strikes? I see the panic in your eye. Do you want me to start? <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> okay. And I can. I just here's my thing. I feel like why well why it matters to me. I feel like I have always had kind of an artist soul. Mm-hmm. I studied. My, my degree in college was in TV, theater, film, mm-hmm. uh, performance specifically. So I have done um, acting on stage, on in short films, uh, TV, um, short stints here and there, web series. Um, you were in a web series? I was, <gasps> too, I think, actually. It, they, they were, like, you know, local to, like, my area yeah, it was back like a then. student yeah, project or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't, like, in a Hulu pilot. <laughs> that would have been fun. If what you turned around you were like, I was actually in an Oscar on my new film. <laughs> And I just never told you. Yeah, if you pause, if you pause this episode at twenty three minutes in, you'll see me as right. a waiter in the very back. You're actually on strike right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm at the picket line. I'm coming at you fly from the picket, picket lines. lines. Yeah. Uh, no, but obviously, I feel like um, at anything having to do with like acting and like um, the artistic sphere of Hollywood or uh, New York theater has has always been very prevalent to me. I know and. For, and then my f- first professional outing, <laughs> my first professional show um, or job, I mean, was at a at a nonprofit uh, children's theater. Yep. Uh, working in the education department, so I have a lot of. Um, I don't know whether to say you're welcome or apologize for doing that to you <laughs> as the person who hired you into that job. Uh, I think it's a it's a you're welcome. You right. know, it was hard. It is. Shit, it is our origins. It's our villain origin story. It is our. <laughs> It's a villain origin story. Anyway, people know that one. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was it was hard, but it was you know lovely. And mm-hmm. I, I think, and then I went on to work at a different nonprofit theater uh, in education, and now I work at a different just nonprofit that works uh, with a lot of education, higher education organizations, and talks about equity and diversity and inclusion and all of that kind of stuff. So my, I've always had a very um, like a vested interest in. And treating people <laughs> as human yeah. beings yeah. and people getting like paid for their work kind yeah. of a situation. So I of course like once once like the the talks of negotiations were coming up and like I I know people who are in like these unions, like mutuals on Instagram and stuff like that. Sure. Um and so like they've been talking about this for years, you know, like oh, oh about yeah. the not getting residuals for streaming and like and oh, I just yeah. I just hadn't even realized how bad it had gotten mm-hmm. and to like see the list of their demands, which is it feels wrong to call them the requests. They're very reasonable asks. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Uh, the question <laughs> Very the normal re- shit to <laughs> <Exactly>. want. <laughs> they would like to make a living. They right. would like to not be like had their face scanned for AI. Ugh. Yeah. We're going to so, talk about that cuz that scares the shit out of me. Me too. Me oh, too. Oh my god. But yeah. anyway, so I feel like I I have always I've always cared. I've I, I have empathy as a human person and I know that um, You're not an asshole. Right. And also just I feel I've always felt very deeply that artists and actors and storytellers are the are the group of people that are always they're not given as much like importance in our yeah. society. It's always like, oh, you wanna you wanna work in theater, you wanna work in TV, oh you wanna do that. Okay, why don't you be like a lawyer or like a, right. something of more import, you know, quote unquote. But like if you look if you think about it, all of like all of the stories that we interacted with as children are kind of what shapes our view of the world. And yep. so to have so it's like it's it's only fair to me that these storytellers 
get that like get fairly compensated for that yeah. and so it's to me it, yes i i care because of i'm a human person right. with empathy of course not even just as kids on our day-to-day lives yes we interact with more like art mm-hmm. like i was like if you come home from work and turn on your tv guess what yep. you've just interacted with someone who's you know in the entertainment business exactly not just the actors that are mm-hmm. on tv either it's like the entire cascading network of people that were responsible for mm-hmm. and whose work yes. labor made it possible for that thing to exist yep we wouldn't have news without people in the entertainment industry we wouldn't have any fiction or non-fiction anything yep like you couldn't listen to the radio exactly i you was like, just thinking radio you, this podcast wouldn't exist no. i was like and I think, and so this is where I was like, okay, we got to talk about this. I think the arts have been intentionally exploited Mm. for forever. Yeah. Like, I think we have co-opted the arts from a natural human tendency to storytelling. Mm -hmm. And we've taken that and we've decided, you know what? These people will put up with it because they're passionate and because they care. Oh my God. Yes. I hate that. And that we are at a natural conclusion of what happens when you do that for years upon Mm -hmm. decades upon you know like forever i like when we talk about the children's theater that we worked at we won't put them on blast (laughs) but like when we were working there we both started as apprentices which is basically a a contracted position it's a year long and it's intended like everyone's like well it's like your starting point into the industry it's a learning experience it's a learning experience we worked a minimum of 50 or 60 hours a week Mm -hmm. and we made i made 1550 a month before taxes oh we raised it for you yeah but the flip of that is i got health insurance you guys didn't and that was partially a legal issue we had been kind of skirting the health insurance stuff until the very last minute because we wanted to offer health insurance through the the i was the hr basically we wanted to continue offering health insurance but the categorization of the position was contract Mm -hmm. so it was sort of like we Either we give you the money to pay for health insurance and keep you as a contract employee, or we make you a salaried employee and we have to like change the rules of compensation because it wouldn't have we wouldn't have qualified for overtime. Right. It was a whole thing, yeah. basically back and forth. But I was like, or you could just pay us a living fucking wage. That's exactly. also an option, which is why I left because I was like, I can't in good conscience continue to do this. Like yeah. I can't. I was like, I can't fix this. Mm-hmm. I tried my absolute best. You did. But it was like it's a broken system. It is. Yeah. And that's just one tiny example in a not New York or L.A. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we had the we made more than any apprentice in the city. Yeah. Because I remember like I was looking at programs coming out of college. I also graduated with a theater degree. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do backstage stuff. I thought I was going to be a company manager, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense when you meet me. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, mm, health insurance. And yeah. So I was like, OK, I'm looking at all of these different like arts management types programs. The one that I chose paid infinitely more mm-hmm. than anywhere else. We were talking like some of them had housing included, which would have been the equivalent of a significant amount of money comparatively. Yes. But I didn't want to live with a bunch of other people mm-hmm. like that. I was like, I've lived in a dorm for four years. I'm good. Yeah. They were paying 250 a week. What, like, I think Yikes. one of the ones that you later worked at, it was like 150 a week. Something like that. Yeah. 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 It was bad. And they did not offer housing. No. no, they And didn't. I was like, this is criminal. Yeah. And that's absolutely criminal. Um, The highest one I think I saw was 300 a week. Yeah. Somewhere, so somewhere in the 150 to 300 a week before taxes and those did not include health insurance in a major city in this country and that is very typical like that is that is a very normal art story Mm -hmm. to be like yeah i may do with like eight dollars and a can of chips like 
uh, people just are people who make the thing that you love do not make the money you think they make Mm -hmm. they really don't and that includes people who are high up the food chain too like the Meryl Streep's of the world whatever they are few and far between Mm -hmm. and that is something that I think has been crafted I was like, that's intentional because yeah. if you hold people's art hostage, if the only way that they can make the thing that they care about is to play ball with these companies that are going to underpay you, but like you can't really go anywhere else because they run, they dominate the industry. Mm-hmm. The AMPTP is every studio. Like yeah. there are independent producers who have negotiated their own contracts with SAG at this point, And so they're not shout out, like, shout out A24. Exactly. A24. But like, it, that like you can't really do anything mm-hmm. on a creative level in a professional capacity of course you can do independent projects right. of course you can do community stuff but if you want to do this professionally you have to play ball with these companies exactly and they know that these people want to make their art and so they hold you hostage they've got you by the balls yeah because <laughs> they got all the fucking cameras <laughs> and they've got all the fucking money and like you have to just like put up with the fact that like you are going to be paid i would starvation wages mm-hmm and if you think about actors, top of the call sheet, right? If yeah. they're making that much per week, think about all down the line, who is not making even remotely that much money? Yeah. So all the background extras, mm-hmm. all of the crew that yep. go into it, like this is an industry problem. This is not just an actor problem or even just a writer problem. Right. This is an arts industry problem. Frankly, it's an American labor market problem. Yes, correct. Which is why, you know, solidarity is important because I would hope that we would then turn around. The UPS Teamster stuff is still uh, in process right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would hope that we're sort of having a summer of labor (laughs) solidarity, which is actually, I think, long overdue. Yes. I think why we care about it is because we're connected to it. Yes. And so we know the ins and outs of this industry in ways that other people may not. Mm And a lot of our friends are in it. Yeah. Um, a lot of our, f- like, my family's in it. <laughs> like, oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so my, well, not blood family, but yeah. people who are family are currently, like, without work. Because mm-hmm. they're like, well, I can't be an actor right now. So I guess I'm just going to not do that. And so, um, yeah, that's why we give a shit. Because <laughs> we've been broke. And we both left yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah and that's i think one of the things that people don't talk about is like how many people don't how many incredibly creative and intelligent and wonderful people get priced out of doing art especially during covid oh my god yes the arts industry is still reeling from losing because the only people who can afford to stay are the people who like have a cushion Mm -hmm. financially yeah and so if you're on your own, if you have any other financial obligation, if you start want to have a family, like, I don't know how people with kids do it. I really don't. No clue. And that's, I mean, we're coming from the live theater side of things, but like screen is not better. It's no. all kind of the same. And it's like, these people are doing, putting work in, like, I don't know anybody who works more hours than, well, I don't personally know people who work more hours and do more sort of like wearing of multiple hats mm-hmm. in those hours than arts folks uh, yeah i would agree with that yeah and like that's not to say that artists work harder than anyone else because i think that's bullshit yeah <laughs> obviously <laughs> people work very very hard doing sure. other jobs but the arts require just like a level of emotional labor too yeah that is not counted and like it's a it's a hard fucking life there was a period of time <laughs> this is the story that kills people i used to share an apartment with two other people mm-hmm. so there's three of us total we lived in one apartment. <laughs> Between three of us, there were 15 job titles. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So I had five, one roommate had six, and one roommate had four. That's too many job titles. It was too many. And I was working probably somewhere in the realm of 60 hours a week. Heinous. Making $27,000 a year (laughs) combined. All total. (laughs) Yeah. That's awful. And when you put numbers to it, people are horrified. Yeah. As they should be. Yes, true. Yeah. Because my, I was making 27, like it would depend because I was doing event work, but somewhere in the realm of $27,000 a year at that time. That's not enough. It's not. (laughs) But like when people don't, and I think a lot of people are trying to make it work at that, at that level of pay. Yes. And I think the reason we should give a shit is because all workers deserve to be paid for their labor. Agreed. And this is the one that we know about. Yeah. And again, it goes back to, uh, you know, what you were mentioning, like you come home, you turn on your TV, like these are your, you, there is no industry maybe that you are interacting with on a day to day basis as much as you are the entertainment film and TV entertainment sector. Yeah. I mean, maybe warehouse distribution. True. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fair. (laughs) I just think of like, if you, if you think I don't like, I don't eat without watching something. Yeah. You know, like, I just think that, you know, on a day to day, it's something that you are maybe interacting with that you aren't giving as much thought out. Yes. 100%. And that is like continually devalued. Yes. Like when you have this sort of conversation with people, they're always like, why do those dumb actors want to be paid more? Oh my God. Those like cushy little babies. Yes. Yeah. That, that is super frustrating. Infuriating. Super, super infuriating. So what the fuck is happening? Oh. Before we go into this, I also wanted to talk about any experience that we have with movements and activism and yeah. why, why, why do we have any right to talk about any of this stuff? <laughs> and it's like, eh, we all have the right to talk about it. But sure. um, I have some specific movement background. You do. yeah. I have a fair amount. And so that's why I'm kind of taking the lead on this episode, because this was stuff that I understand yeah. and stuff I know about. Um, as we go through the next few episodes, we're going to sort of like ping pong back and forth between who's the quote unquote expert. <laughs> um neither of us are experts on right. anything we don't know shit but who's who's sort of the, like the lead who's done some reading yeah who's done like a basic amount of research <laughs> and then put it in a google doc and exactly. hope for the best yeah in this case it's me yes so i do what is mostly movement support at this point and mutual aid but i started doing that kind of thing in college specifically with the creation of blm and black lives matter and ferguson not the creation of Ferguson, obviously, right. but what happened with Mike Brown in Ferguson. That was sort of where my activist story starts. Um, it became very clear to me that, like, no one needs to give me a microphone. Enough people like me talk <laughs> at stuff. <laughs> and I'm not knowledgeable enough about any particular movements necessarily. Like, I'm not a subject matter expert on any of these things. But what people do need when they are trying to fight for themselves or their communities or anything like that is somebody to, like, hand them a water bottle and give them a granola bar and make sure they have a place to sleep and like that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's usually, that's what I've sort of landed on in I my, yeah, in the course of my time. So I've done a lot of um, like overnights at churches and stuff like that where like I've just been the person with the keys and I'll be like, yep, come on in. We got a place for you to crash. Um, I've done a lot of that. And most recently um, I got a union job. Yes. Hell union yeah. I'm a union girly. And I was raised with this sort of skepticism of unions. Mm-hmm. My parents had really sort of unintentionally absorbed the sort of Reagan era. Fuck Reagan. Mm. Uh, like unions have outlived their purpose. Which is, and to this day, my mom's like, I cannot believe that I used to say that to you because it was so propagandistic. Yep. I love my mother that she was like, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> love that. But 
you know, there's this whole like sort of skepticism of like, eh, unions, like, do we really need them anymore? People have good wages or whatever. And then obviously we very much do. Yep. And so like having grown up with that, I was like, I don't know about union. And then I got into the workforce and I was like, everyone should have a union solidarity <laughs> forever. I'm going to learn all the songs and I'm going to do all the stuff. And so I put myself in a position where now I work in higher ed, which is a union. It's a state job. Mm-hmm. So I have a union behind me and like, there is nothing quite as like secure having been laid off from a previous position Mm -hmm. and having always been in situations where like everything feels very unsteady and unstable and we would get colas of less than one percent yikes yeah there was a year (laughs) there was a year at the theater where we got a cola of one percent for the next two years what? and part of it was that we weren't supposed to talk about it it was in the thing that we shouldn't be talking about our wages which is illegal by the way if anyone ever tells you not to do that super illegal but yeah they were like this generous cola and i was like you can eat shit (laughs) i make twenty seven thousand dollars a year (laughs) one percent of that is not helpful to me 0.5 percent of that is not helpful to me i oh my god it was awful so um Yeah. Where was I going with that? I just, I saw red and now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> what are you talking about? You or Union Girly. Oh, uh, Union Girly. Yeah. So now we get, I mean, since I've started in my job, I have had almost a 10% increase in my incredible. Uh, overall compensation between colas and merit. And that's not necessarily a typical thing. This, they're sort of doing playing catch up right now, but like yeah. that is entirely because of the union. Yeah. The union was like, hi, so inflation went up 13%. So actually you're paying us 3% less than you should be. Mm-hmm. Huh. And they went to, they went to bat. And that's just how a union works. Yeah. And so now I'm like, everyone needs a union. Yes, please. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's why we care. Because I've seen the worst of it. I've lived the worst of it in terms mm-hmm. of the art world. And I've now seen what can be possible with, you know, both community care and, like, actual, like, labor care. Yeah. Because <laughs> you need both. You like, do. community care only gets you so far. That's true. And like mutual aid only gets you so far. We can't only pass the same twenty bucks around for so long. <laughs> like we need another twenty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> the twenty bucks we need has to come from somewhere. Twenty bucks from somewhere. Yeah, like we can keep each other afloat, but yeah. like at the end of the day, we also need to be organizing to try to like make our material circumstances better. Mm-hmm. Because the people in power don't want us to do that. Got to meet your neighbor, and then take your neighbor to the picket line. Yeah, and make sure that you both have dinner. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole process. I, I love that. Yeah, taking care of your fellow humans. Yeah. Wild. That's yeah. capitalistic. they want us to be yeah yeah, they want us to be separated exactly because they're more it's easier to take advantage of us if we don't know it's easier to control each other yeah Yeah. so that's why we care so alan yes Aaron. would you like me to explain what the fuck is happening with the wga and sag after strike please great for us and the listeners at home i'm sure you've heard about this strike but i thought it might do us all some good to actually understand (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck is going on and like what are the particulars because i think it's very easy to talk about oh the writer strike the actor strike they want this they want that like the studios who are the studios what does that mean what does any of this mean so i did some research and by research i mean i copied and pasted a lot of information from the strike <laughs> websites of the respective unions which i thought was really useful yeah and i also pulled some uh wikipedia information so. yes it's a very thorough document yeah so there's some basic understanding of like what is a union what do they do the funda- foundational sort of existence of a union is two or more workers who work together and um, can collectively bargain for their compensation their you know they make a contract with the company that they work for mm-hmm. and 
in this particular case, the two unions at play are WGA, the Writers Guild of America, which is comprised of two unions that act in tandem. There's East and West. Mm. They, for the purposes of um, this strike and this contract negotiation, they operate as one entity, but they're actually two separate unions. Mm-hmm. And then SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild and the, Amer- the Screen Actors Guild-American Federation of Television and Radio Artists which was also two unions, but they merged. Mm -hmm. They are like one union now. And so they are on strike. Alan, do you you know what a strike is? Um, I know it's when unions choose to stop working. Mm -hmm. And I assume it's to like hold out in order for for specific um, asks. Yes. Yep. That's basically it. So Oxford Languages says... A refusal to work organized by a body of employees as a form of protest, typically in an attempt to gain a concession or concessions from their employer, Ah. which is exactly what it is. I mean, a strike, regardless of like, it's not even just WGA, a strike is to withhold your labor until as a negotiation tactic. It is a tactic of last resort. Right. It is a like no one goes into a strike like, yay. No, I can't imagine they would. <laughs> no, it's like, Yay. let's strike. That sounds fun. <laughs> We're unemployed. <laughs> yeah, like unemployed and not, you can't apply for, usually you can't apply for unemployment because you are still technically employed. You're oh, just not working. I did not know that. Yeah, so you, depends on, I think it depends. I don't know for sure what the sure. rules on that are, but typically you can't apply for unemployment. Yikes. You are not making any money off of things and you can't do, if you do work right. during a strike, if you do work that is covered by the strike order, you are a scap. And you are going to lose your union affiliation mm-hmm. and you can never go back yes. most of the time, which is intentional. I mean, because right. if you scab, you shouldn't be in the union. Yeah, no, of course not. Um, scabbing, for those who don't know, is when you decide to take on work that has been prohibited by the union. Mm-hmm. So if an actor were to be like, fuck that and go work on a movie by Disney right, against the union's wishes, if they were in that union, they would be basically excommunicated from the union. Mm-hmm. You take it on scab work, which is different than crossing a picket line. Crossing a picket line, well, kind of, it kind of is. Crossing a picket line is anyone who crosses a picket line in order to go do work. Mm. So you don't have to be in the union to cross a picket line. In fact, I went and picketed Captain America 4. <laughs> nice. Because they, uh, they were filming in D.C., and i went down and a bunch of uh i'm also in the dc labor chorus yes you are <laughs> which i forgot to talk about earlier but it's a bunch of predominantly retirees but also like five of us who are under 60 who sing labor songs oh, and no we try on. to keep the sort of tradition of the labor song alive and mm-hmm. like music related to um political activism alive mm-hmm. um, a bunch of us went and helped um hold a picket line at uh, uh at the captain america 4 which is a disney marvel production mm-hmm. And IATSE, which is the International Alliance of Stage Technicians employees, maybe? IATSE's crew, basically. Uh, yeah. And the Teamsters, who are the drivers, mm-hmm. most of them refuse to cross the picket line. Because the picket line, you literally stand and walk, walk in a circle uh-huh. and you block the entrance to whatever it is. Nice. And in order to get to the job site, someone has to cross your line. Oh, I see. It's a very literal physical thing. And so you can cross a picket line and not be in a union. Uh-huh. You can't, you can scab if you're not in the union, but it's like a little different. For Scabbing sure. is like taking the work. Yeah, taking the work. Crossing the picket line is just you, you cross the picket line. Right. And that as like a person who like, there are um, several hotel chains that are currently being struck by their oh, workers yes. right now. You would cross a picket line if you went into that hotel. Mm-hmm. That's, and I was always taught you never cross a picket line. Nice. Ever. 
And now that I've been on one, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you don't fucking cross a picket line <laughs> ever. It sucks. But yeah. So who's who's the enemy? <laughs> Who is the, who's the enemy? enemy? I think capitalism. Capitalism is the enemy, but like it's it's not like it's not an enemy. The AMPTP is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. They're a trade association based in LA, and they represent three hundred over three hundred and fifty American television and film production companies in collective bargaining negotiations with entertainment industry unions, including among others SAG-AFTRA, the Directors Guild, the Writers Guild, and the American Federation of Musicians and IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. I wrote that down. Nice. Wow, I should have read my own notes. Well, <laughs> so the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers basically is the studios. Mm-hmm. They operate as one conglomerate. And they make a contract with each of the unions. And those unions' um, contracts, by and large, set standard rates of pay, different, Mm -hmm. like, you know, different things that need to be done in order to maintain set safety, set rules, like mandated breaks, things Mm -hmm. like that, um, for three-year increments. Um, And so those companies include places like Paramount Pictures, Sony Pictures, Universal, Walt Disney Studios, and Warner Brothers, along with all the principal broadcast television networks, so ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, and streaming services like Netflix, Apple TV, Amazon, certain cable subsidiaries, HBO, um, and independent film and television production companies, so A24 Mm -hmm. being a good example of that. So when you hear someone talk about the struck companies, they're talking about basically all of them, (laughs) (laughs) which is why it's really hard. There are some exceptions, and there are some sort of – there are some – types of work that don't fall under this particular contract so mm. actually radio hosts so oh. like npr they're not breaking a contract by working Got it. um certain anime studios don't count certain Great. voiceover doesn't count nice. um because they're negotiated separately and this I particular see. contract that is under that is there's two because it's the sag Africa contract and the wga contract uh-huh. those don't apply to um one of them doesn't apply to soaps i think it's the actors that don't apply to soaps huh one of the two because it's like a different thing. Fascinating. Yeah, it's real. This is why it's hard to know yeah. what is right and what is wrong. 100%. And like, yeah, and like what's going on? What are the asks? Like what? This is why I wanted to be like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm not always certain. Sure. So this is my best. I pulled all of this information either from Wikipedia or from the website of the unions themselves. Yeah. Just for reference. Because um, you can do that. You can mm-hmm. just look directly. So the Writers Guild strike. Where it all started, kind of. Um, So it actually started on May 2nd of this year when the WGA uh, failed to reach an agreement with the AMPTP to renew their MBA, Minimum Basic Agreement contract, for the next three years. Um, It expired on, you know, and then they were like, okay, we need to figure out our next contract. They were unable to reach consensus. And so they were like, well, then I guess we're striking. That's what they did. And the WJ put out a pattern of demands, which is a constitutionally required statement of general objectives for the MBA negotiations, which was approved by the membership. 98.4% yes. So the majority of people were saying, yep, these are the demands that we want. And uh, AMPTP would not play ball. <laughs> so... Those demands include increased minimum compensation significantly to address the devaluation of writing in all areas of television, new media, and features, standardized compensation in residual terms for features, whether released theatrically or on streaming, big piece of that, mm-hmm. address the abuses of mini rooms, where studios will intentionally understaff rooms, so they'll hire like a much smaller number of writers to create the same amount of content. Oh, gotcha. um, that's particularly prevalent in streaming. 
That makes sense. Um, ensure appropriate television series writing compensation throughout entire process of pre-production, production, and post-production. Mm-hmm. Expand span protections to cover all television writers. I don't know what that means, but it sounds reasonable. Yep. Apply MBA minimums to comedy variety programs made for new media. Mm. New media meeting streaming. Yep. Uh, I did not know comedy variety programs didn't weren't covered by this contract. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Increase residuals for undercompensated reuse markets. Restrict uncompensated use of excerpts. Increase contributions to pension plan and health fund. Mm-hmm. Totally normal. Makes sense. Yep. For feature contracts in which compensation falls below a specific threshold, require weekly payment of compensation and a minimum of two steps. Weekly pay makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Strengthen regulation of options and exclusivity in television writer employment contracts. Regulate use of material produced using artificial intelligence or similar technologies. Mm. And that was the sticking point for both unions was AI. Yep. Enact measures to combat discrimination and harassment to promote pay equity, revise and expand all arbitrator lists. Now, some of that I think is really, really specific stuff that like if you're not in the industry, it doesn't really matter. But to me, the stuff that is like the most important is the money, the AI and the equity between and the parity between traditional media and new media, a.k.a. streaming. Yes. Does that sound right? Yeah, I would agree. Those were all the things that stood out to me. Yeah. Those proposals would gain writers approximately four hundred twenty nine million dollars per year. AMPTV put out a counter offer that uh, with, that doesn't uh, meet all of those demands, but it would gain approximately eighty six million per year, most of which is from the minimums, like the pay increases. Mm-hmm. And I pulled some data. I love this for some context. Netflix, one company, gross profits in twenty twenty two. Gross profit. Ugh. That's after expenses. That's after all the taxes they don't pay. In twenty twenty two, was twelve point four four seven billion with a B, as in boy. <laughs> dollars from an la times article quote a wja analysis said entertainment operating profits for amptp members rose from five billion dollars in 2000 to 28 billion dollars in 2021 which is down from 30 billion dollars in 2019 boohoo the boohoo was an addendum by me (laughs) (laughs) studio revenue has risen from 155 billion in 2013 to more than 220 billion in 2022 and spending on original content for streaming is expected to reach 19 billion dollars this year nearly four times the spending levels in 2019 so it's safe to say that they have the money they to, do to, to be able they do to pay what they have it. what they're asking they don't fucking want to they don't that's what it boils down to yes they have the money but to quote a struck company's mm. uh property right now <laughs> They can't... What is the quote from Newsies? Newsies radicalized me as a youth. (laughs) I loved it. There's a whole section where, you know, at the end, they're trying to beat the Newsies out of a tenth of a cent per paper, right? Uh And Dave goes up to Pulitzer and is like, what I can't understand is like why you're trying to beat us out of this lousy tenth of a cent. Like you've stopped production. You've lost billions of dollars or, you know, whatever, whatever the equivalent was in 1898. You've lost all this money for what? And uh, Jack Kelly, played by Christian Bale... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love of my young life was like well he can't let us win Davey because if he because if he if we win then that means that we have the power I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. and that's what this is about to yes. me that is fully what this is about is they were like we cannot let these people think that they have the leverage here because if we do that if we lose this one like we'll never like they'll know yeah they'll know the power they hold yep so for context today is July 30th which means those writers have been on strike for two months, yeah. almost two months, without work, mm-hmm. uh, picketing. Mm-hmm. You know, the 
the studios have been treating people as poorly as they can. There's some allegations that Universal intentionally cropped a bunch of trees outside of one of their studios to reduce the amount of shade. They've also put up a bunch of like construction barriers that weren't Ugh. there on that. And the city was like, those aren't ours. Right. So I was like, these are allegations, but I baselessly believe that <laughs> they fully did that. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, it sucks. And these companies are like, you know, they won't they won't budget dime. So as this is going on, there's rumblings about SAG-AFTRA because SAG is approaching their contract renewal and it's the same companies, it's the same people. And so SAG went on strike as of July 14th. Mm -hmm. Similar key issues. They had less sort of, they, WGA being writers, had very extensive documentation (laughs) of all of their demands. They had them like in nice little PDFs. SAG being actors less so right <laughs> there was a google form so there was, yeah there was a pdf it was fine but it was mostly it was very uh let's put it um it was aesthetically pleasing mm. but didn't have as much information as no i hoped <laughs> yeah not as much as i had hoped so anyway there are key issues performers need minimum earnings to simply keep up with inflation mm-hmm. performers need the protection of our images and performances to prevent replacement of human performances by artificial intelligence technology what does this mean Studios want to be able to scan a background performer's image, pay them for half a day's labor, and then use that individual's likeness for any purpose, forever, in perpetuity, without their consent, without having to re-get consent. They also want to make changes to principal performer's dialogue and create new scenes without informed consent. They want to be able to use someone's images, likeness, and performances to train new generative AI systems without consent or compensation. I just, I cannot, I cannot believe that that is a thing that, like, studios are like, yeah, this is fine. That's why, reasonable. Why wouldn't this be a reasonable ask? Let me just take your image and then use it forever when I want to. Yeah. Like, that is fucking dystopian. We're it's living awful. in a fucking dystopian. It's the end time. Capitalism! <laughs> take a drink. Oh, man. <laughs> Infuriating. Sorry. That's it- point two on a list <laughs> <laughs> of more <laughs> things. But that, I mean, yeah, we should talk about that more in depth because we could also have a whole episode about AI and fanfic and writing. Like AI to me scares the shit out of me. Me And I I try not to be like old woman shakes fist at sky, but like there are some very, very scary things about AI for, from an artist perspective, from just like a a human existence perspective. And this is, this is a good example of that. So they, the unions are like, that sucks. You shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, performers need qualified hair and makeup professionals as well as equipment to safely and effectively style a variety of hair textures and styles and skin tones. Mm-hmm. Basic shit. Yeah. Basic shit. Performers need compensation to reflect the value we bring to the streamers who profit from our labor. All performers need support from our employers to keep our health and retirement funds sustainable. Principal performers need to be able to work during hiatus and not be held captive by employers. Mm. I assume that that would mean, you know, in between shooting that they are held, they are prevented from doing other things. Yeah. And then principal performers need to be reimbursed for relocation expenses when they're employed away from home. So studios will often claim that if you are filming a show, you have become a resident of that thing and now uh, like you're gonna have you have to figure out your own housing like you you have have to figure it all out. become a resident. Right. That's all on you, boo. And it's like, no. (laughs) <laughs> like no, no. if i'm relocating to fucking toronto yeah like they might help me with my my visa and shit right but like i need i should be paid relocation expenses for the apartment i'm i yeah. have to live somewhere exactly <laughs> like and that's not a given is the thing that's yeah, the problem yeah and i'm sure it's not consistent across the board like who gets compensation and who doesn't so all of those things to me again key issues 
basic shit. Of course they're on strike. If you yeah. couldn't agree to that, like eat shit. Yeah, dude. absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's the crux of it. That's where we're coming at this from. Of why this like why why did the unions walk? Why are we here? Why are we here? <sighs> <sighs> yeah. It's a deep sigh. It is. And like my fear and this is why i get really mad anytime disney comes up bob Iger, fuck him oh, that fuck nut so they're stated he's his stated intention mm-hmm. he said this he said this out loud and I can't, is well we'll just wait until october when the writers and actors start losing their homes because of unemployment and then they'll be forced to come back to the negotiating table eat shit <laughs> Yeah, fuck that. Fuck you fuck. just entirely. Fuck you all the way. I, uh, and so when, when they were like, please don't do promotional stuff for struck companies. I was like, I'll do whatever you want, yeah, guys. Like, absolutely. this sucks. Uh, So that's, I mean, you can read more on the WGA and SAG after websites about if you really want to dive into mm-hmm. like understanding what the contract is what the asks are there's like whole breakdowns of percentages like what they're looking for and what the counter offer was and like why it sucks all of that's on their website so you can actually go to wga contract 2023.org for the writers guild amazing and uh org for sag aftra and they will explain all the things um and like why like what they're talking about so that's that's the strike <laughs> as of today yep thoughts I, it's, i've been talking for a long time that's i'm yeah, just asking for someone else to speak i know i yeah i hear you i for, again thank you for walking us through that i think it's really important for like people like me like i like i had a, a basic understanding but i didn't know all of the like nitty-gritty details yeah. um so i think it's really important for the general populace to kind of get a um an understanding of what the what the situation actually is and like what what is like because I, I keep i keep sticking onto the ai point and yeah. like that's like you can be like oh but ai is so fun like that's like maybe it's coming for writers and like enter- the entertainment sector first but make no mistakes like ai is slowly gonna like if we let capitalism win and use ai to recreate to like just cre- to fill in the void of like human work then it's yeah. just gonna start trickling down and eventually it's going to reach everyone like it's coming everyone's going to start being replaced by ai right and here's the thing in an ideal beautiful utopian world right yeah. where you know everything has good intentions mm-hmm. there are many things that should be run by yeah. ai that'd be 100%. great 100%. yeah i love that we we could have universal basic income there oh, are yeah. jobs that yeah. wouldn't need to be done i was like there are jobs that can be automated yes fully agreed. and Absolutely. safely yeah 100 percent. let's do it did it have to be fucking screenwriters no that was like did, do they just all does ai have to write movies like no the whole like the goal of ai should be to free people up to be their whole selves and not have mm-hmm. to give their lives to work but then they can't control us it should be a tool and not necessarily like the yeah like a replacement right and inevitably what happens anytime that there is a big shift in technology is like other things crop up around it because people have to work people have to eat yeah of course but this ai will fundamentally change our relationship with work and the way that we're headed right now is like it's the wrong version of that Mm -hmm. like we could create a world where people do not have to do the kind of like tasks that are dangerous repetitive unnecessary like we could automate so many things if we were willing (laughs) to build in a social safety net 
but god forbid this country ever do anything like that so instead we're just gonna what like destroy people <laughs> like yeah it's un- it's unfathomable to me and like the fact that these studios like that's where they're sticking mm-hmm. they're like no like that was one of the ones that they absolutely would not budge on no i know because which is horrifying yes because they're throwing all of this money to develop ai faster to get to a point in which it can just like that's their dream to be able to make content without ever actually needing to pay pay anyone else right that they love that right so it makes sense that that is the sticking point but then that's why the fight is so important i feel like like that's why it's important to speak up about these kinds of things to inform other people right. about like how how can you pitch in what are the things that you can do don't cross the picket line figure out what struck companies are figure yeah. out if any of the things like any of the things that the unions are asking for apply to you yep i agree so what does that support look like <laughs> what does that mean mostly for non-members i mean for Members of those unions supporting the strike means, I mean, probably being on the picket line and not taking scab work and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to speak as a member because I'm not. I'm in a different union. But as non-members, those of us out in the world who want to be supportive, um, the things that the unions are asking for, and this could change day by day, which is why it's important to keep up to date with the websites and the unions themselves through social media. Support them on social media. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest differences between the current strike and any previous labor like dispute between the studios and the writers the actors any of that is the influence of social media on public opinion because i remember the previous writer strike yeah and the like public support was not great (laughs) alan just was my cat is here (laughs) and alan was like i'm going to gently poke her her toe beans as she stretches stretches." my direction yeah so social media is like a hugely influential part of this fight in ways that it hasn't been before because TikTok didn't exist during the right. last one. Social media was a very new thing during the last one. Mm-hmm. And the voices of the working class are much more like prevalent in this the avail the option to like be in solidarity directly with these unions and to interact directly hear what they have to say. You can follow Adam Conover from mm-hmm. uh, Adam Adam ruins everything. Yeah. He's doing incredible work on social media explaining what the fuck is going on. Half the stuff that I just talked about, he's talked about in better depth and more succinct and more funny than I could possibly do. (laughs) And if you want to talk, come on this fucking podcast, please do. Social media allows for direct exchange of information and also allows you to be a conduit for that information and, you know, making sure that people understand, like, you know, there's not misinformation being floated around, that Mm -hmm. people understand the severity of what's going on and why, you know, why we're, why they did it. Like, why are they on strike? Because if you don't know, it does sound like, oh, you cushy actor types are just, you know, walking out or like, why do, why do we care about writers? Mm -hmm. Who gives a shit? Like, AI can write it, whatever. Like if you have, if your social media is flooded with, no, this is why, this is what's important about it. And this is what we need to talk about. And this is the information, like social media support is huge. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time that I think we're seeing this kind of, well, there's also like just in general, a large portion of the internet talking about labor as a whole right for the first time and labor organizing as a whole which is a whole other tangential but related discussion that i think is fascinating Mm -hmm. so social media we can boost their hashtags you can talk about the strike i mean try to do it from a research point of view (laughs) Um, and just just put your support out there and be like yeah i support the strike 
donations and buying merch is another way if you have money honestly money (laughs) it sucks because inevitably what you want to do everybody always wants to be like here's what i do to support the strike i show up and i do and nine times out of ten that's actually not helpful right like the most helpful thing you can do is help people feed their families so the strike can keep going yeah because right now like again the writers have been on strike for two months Mm -hmm. it's only going to get worse right and literally the stated goal is to starve them out Mm mm-hmm so the most radical shit you can do right now is make sure that they don't get starved out. Yep. <laughs> That's direct action. Mm-hmm. And like, would I love to, you know, show up at Bob Iger's house with a roll of toilet paper? Like, <laughs> sure. But it's not going to help anybody. Right. So there is a, the Entertainment Community Fund. Um, it's a nonprofit organization. Has existed before the strike. Will continue to exist after the strike. They provide human services nationally for people who work in film, theater, television, music, opera, radio, and dance. That is from their website. They have been supporting people um, just to pay their rent, mm-hmm. make sure they have food on the table. Some people who have lost housing have gotten housing through mm-hmm. this organization. They're there for artists who are in financial trouble, and they have seen their requests for help triple in the last like month. So they need money. Um, yep. So if you have any money to spare, that will go to anybody impacted by any of the stoppages. So that includes people like there are IATSE folks who are standing in solidarity, won't cross the picket line, get fired mm-hmm. because they won't cross the picket line. You know, so these these funds are available to anybody who's impacted, which is why it's so, I think, important to donate there. Each union also has like a full list of ways that you can help financially. So if you're interested in, you know, being more specific, donating to SAG specifically or donating to WGA specifically, you can do that as well. Um, So and you can buy the merch. Who doesn't love a fucking T-shirt? Who doesn't love a fucking T-shirt? I will be buying a T-shirt at some point in the not too distant future because I'm probably going to go pick it again. (laughs) Um Something that Adam Conover actually said was support your faves via their other shit. Yes. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, because he is doing a comedy show like this weekend and this past weekend. And he was like, yeah, so stand up comedy is not struck. Nice. I can do stand up comedy all I want. And that's how I'm paying the bills right now. Amazing. So he was like, come to my show. And that's, you know, and writers, actors, art people. We always have a side gig. Yeah. Side hustle. We always have like eight side hustles (laughs) at any given time. Does your fave have a, I don't know, like a a music, like a band? Oh, true. Do they yeah. have music that you can buy? Mm-hmm. Don't stream it. <laughs> buy it. Because <laughs> yep. Spotify is also bad. Um, mm-hmm. But can you go to a show? Can you buy some merch from their merch table? Mm-hmm. Do they have a shop on their website yep. that where you can buy merch directly from them? What are some? Do they have a fucking Patreon? Yeah. Can you support them on Patreon? Do they have an indie project that they wanted to do that now they're going to do? Because cameos, cameos, like any of that stuff, support them via their other channels. So that way, it's because if you don't feel if you're not somebody who wants to just donate straight, you can always just buy the stuff. Right. Get you know if you want to get a little something for your yeah. money, do yeah. it. Just make sure that it's through them. Right. Exactly. Like what it's you don't want to do direction. is go buy Stranger Things merch from the Netflix yeah, website. Do not go don't to, do that. To the, to the Disney store. And yeah. Buy. That doesn't help. But, you know, if you have some favorite folks that you know and love and want to follow, like find the ways to support them directly. Yep. You could kindly and gently ask them what the best way mm-hmm. is to support them directly. Don't hound them. Yep. <laughs> Fandom, I know you. Look me in the eye. <laughs> We're not going to hound them. They are going through a lot. <laughs> They've got shit to do. So if they don't respond to you, it's cool. But like, you can always ask, yeah. especially like some of the more sort of like one-to-one people. Like there are people who you're never going to get a response to, but there's like a whole biosphere of actors yeah. who do interact with the fandom and mm-hmm. like are interested in doing that and have been open to that. Thinking about like Hale Appleman, he's done yeah. that a bunch of times. He was one of the original signatories to the strike Ooh, um, letter, by the way. Amazing. So proud of him. Hale, do you want to come talk about the strike on this <laughs> podcast? On podcast? His name was on the list of the people who were like, we will strike. 
good. which I was like, good for you. You know, those folks have, have responded to fans before. If there's mm-hmm. ways that you can support them, do they have a YouTube channel? Oh my God, true. Like watch their YouTube stuff without the ad blocker on. Mm-hmm. Suffer through the ad, blo- the yeah. ad, you know, like give them, give them money so that way they can go and pick it. If you live in a place that has pickets, you can pick it. Yeah. You can show up. You do have to sign up. You give them your contact information. <laughs> don't be a dick. Yeah, don't just <laughs> um, show up. The Writers Guild actually has a very easy way of finding pickets. SAG, I think, is a little bit more protective of their information, which makes, makes sense. sense. Um, the Writers Guild has been doing it a little longer. They have a whole form that you can fill out mm. and whatever. Um, and it's not always New York or L.A., um, as evidenced by me going to <laughs> picket. I mean, it's predominantly. But if, you're in, if you want to keep an eye out for potential pickets, I'm sure Atlanta might start being a thing soon because if you think about where all the marvel movies are you know hosted that's Mm -hmm. all in atlanta um i wonder about you know toronto places like that so there could be i mean massachusetts has a bunch because massachusetts has um, intentionally tried to put film so there's other places besides just new york yeah if you are interested give it a search maybe maybe there'll be one closer than you think yeah you just never know and just keep an eye out every once in a while because sometimes they do on location shoots too Mm. and so that could be really helpful to just show up because those will not have as consistent a presence that makes sense like our dc picket like um, we did not stop work for the day because we just weren't there weren't enough of us yeah but i mean we did our best yeah. certainly made a lot of noise and we made some producers very angry good <laughs> which was so fun perfect sang a lot of songs someone gave me a mic someone gave me a bullhorn it was a mistake incredible <laughs> someone was like do you know solidarity forever and i was like boy do i <laughs> and so i started singing solidarity one, forever two, into a pool. <laughs> oh, i wish i was kidding but i'm not no i um, love this it was so funny we started leading some chants i'm loud it was fun yeah um so you know there's always that you can do a picket and if you are in a place where you know there is a literal picket line or if you exist on the internet like we do mm-hmm. don't cross picket lines what does that mean for fandom though <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. fuck does that mean Important to know. I sort of broke it down. We can have a discussion about what this means if we want. To me, it falls into two categories, right? Mm -hmm. There's consumption as a fan, and then there's promotion as a fan. And right now, as of today, there's been no calls for any boycotts of any media. They haven't asked anybody to cancel any subscription. Doing so without a union directive is actually counterproductive. It's not helpful Mm -hmm. um, because if they're going to call for a boycott, they want to see a sharp decline right right so if it is spread out because people are like canceling their subscriptions before an official call it's not going to have as much of an impact Mm -hmm. so don't if you weren't planning on canceling your subscription if you're doing it as a solidarity action wait yeah they might call for it at some point in which case it'll actually make a bigger impact if you hold off to do it yeah so and there's no call for any you know they were like watch the stuff it's fine like consumption has not been asked you know, has not been cited as an issue right. currently. As of July 3rd. As of July 30th. <laughs> if it changes on July 31st, we will cut this out of the episode. Yep. <laughs> what has been pointed out is promotion. Mm-hmm. And it's complicated. <laughs> I just Classic. wrote, it's complicated. TBH. TBH. So SAG after, it, uh, we use the word influencers. Yes. Legally. <laughs> Our government category. Yep. <laughs> Technically, we're influencers. Yeah. Which feels icky. Yeah. No one I, likes to be an influencer. No. Only some people do. Some but. people, like, that's their goal. And that's yeah. cool. Like, when oh, you do awesome. their thing. But we have to talk about what does, what is an influencer, what is not an influencer. Yeah. What they mean by that. And there's not... Like, to me, an influencer is somebody who is intending to reach an audience. Yes. Right? Through social media. Because mm-hmm. if you're just posting about your daily life and you post about going to see Barbie... All right. Sure. Yeah. Cool. 
Like, you've gone to see Barbie. Congratulations. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. You're not trying to influence others to go see Barbie. Exactly. You're not using whatever your platform is to push people to the entity. Yeah. So to me, an influencer is anyone who's trying to, like, push people or, like, ha by nature does it. Right. Because we don't intentionally send people to these works. No. But inevitably. Yeah. We do. Exactly. Because someone will be like, all right, maybe I'll watch our flag means death. good. Or like, yeah. oh, the way they talked about that plot point makes me want to watch it. Exactly. Or I'm going to go rewatch it because they talked about it. Exactly. And, uh, and so under influencers, SAG-AFTRA specifically has talked about influencers, quote, should refrain from posting on social media about any struck work, regardless of whether they are posting organically or in a paid capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, regarding conventions, Comic-Con. Quote, you cannot participate in conventions such as Comic-Con on behalf of or to promote companies we are striking against. This includes appearances, panels, fan meet and greets, etc. involving struck work. You may participate in a convention in ways that are wholly independent of characters from struck work or sponsorship of, by struck companies. Uh, WGA basically says, please don't participate in events sponsored by the companies that we're striking <laughs> against. Succinct. Nice and simple. <laughs> yeah, so simple. Classic writers. Sag about rewatch and companion podcasts. They are considered promotional. Rewatch and companion shows drive people to the struck companies' platforms to watch the shows promoted by your podcast. We must stand together to show those companies our power and influence so they will provide performers with a fair contract. This was the quote that was like, all right. All right. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. SAG-AFTRA fully appreciates the importance and reach of the work you do in the podcast space, which is why we need you to stand with us to stop promoting work that benefits the companies we are on strike against. Gains in the TV theatrical contracts set the standard for all other contracts in this industry. We must all work together to win a fair contract as quickly as possible. So, yeah. Yeah. Don't promo shit. <laughs> I think that all makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, thank you for breaking that down. I think it is really helpful to, like, hear yeah. um, specifically what they're asking. And also helpful to know that it is complicated, that it is yeah. still kind of like a... We're figuring shit out as we go, folks. Oh, 100%. There is no easy answer. And also, like, there are people, rightfully, who were like, is your podcast really promotional? Yeah. And I was like, we feel like it is. Yeah. So, like, that's our line in the sand. Other people might choose differently. Exactly. And it's an ask, not a directive. Sure. But when a union asks you to do something, I think you should do it. <laughs> yeah, I can't see. Why not? <laughs> yeah, to the best of your ability. Of course. And, um, you know, the the line is blurry mm -hmm. that's it i mean there is no there's no easy answer there are some easy answers <laughs> don't take a contract to promo a thing yep um easy answer yeah but like for us it feels like doing content about fandom in general mm -hmm. fair game yeah to me totally cool i think that makes sense um yeah. so like i might start making tiktoks again about general fandom stuff that happens because mm -hmm. like sony doesn't own mpreg okay no. <laughs> as much as sony would love to own i'm sure MPreg. someone would love to own mpreg <laughs> that's not like that doesn't belong to a struck company that exactly. is not a work it's a concept a theme i will not be making tiktoks talking about steady Right. Or Quelliot or uh -huh. any of those like specific characters or specific properties. And so that's the line for us. Mm -hmm. We're going to make episodes of this podcast without talking about. Oh, I'll, the other part of that is like we could dive into independent or non-struck things Listen. but like fuck <laughs> if you want an a24 podcast uh, we go. someone did suggest that and i was like girl <laughs> i'm not knowledgeable enough to do that like i i well and truly we've talked about it we were like maybe we could just no yeah i think it, all of our fandoms are struck yeah i think 
it, it gets too hard. And I think that in the spirit of the thing. Right. This is what we feel is right. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about fandom general stuff. I think some of our tentative topics of discussion uh, include things like the creation of and current events regarding AO3. Mm-hmm. Because boy, howdy, has there been some stuff going on <laughs> with AO3. <laughs> I think it's important to talk about censorship in fanfic because boy, howdy, is there a lot going on with COSA, the Kids Online Safety Act, mm-hmm. that is going to impact fandom one way or the other. Yep. There's, I mean, we could talk about Goncharov. <laughs> that was suggested in the Discord. We have a Discord, by the way, um, eighteen plus Discord for a those of what? you who want to participate with us. I think we talked about it a little bit um, in a previous episode. Yeah, I mean, you what did what was brought up in the Goncharov? Do you not know about this? No. Oh my God! All right, don't Google it. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> this is now an episode. So, um, <laughs> the short version of that is Tumblr made up a movie. And then created a fandom of that movie. And there's fanfic. There's That's fan art. Hysterical. It's incredible. There was really, really fun parts about it. And then there was some really, really frustrating parts about it. Oh, boy. There were some calls, rightfully, from people who were like, can we tag this? Because a lot of people who deal with hallucinations and paranoia are being oh, really triggered by this. For sure, Because yeah. no one, like, it's really hard to understand that this is a joke. And then people were, like, shitty about it. So we could have a whole episode about how it started, where it went, all that kind of stuff. And Alan, I'm sure you have topics that you're interested in. Those are the ones that I thought about at work. (laughs) I think those are all great. Yeah. Yeah. So if any of our listeners have topics they want to talk about, we're also open to that. Yes, please. I listen. You can send us a you can send us a message on X. Uh, my app icon like <laughs> updated overnight and i was livid i yeah. was so angry yeah that's another thing we're probably gonna get rid of that twitter by the way yeah <laughs> i can't do it anymore well there's no twitter anymore so you're gonna get rid of that x i'm gonna go get that x account yeah. oh my god yeah we could talk about the social media landscape and how it impacts fandom um there are all kinds of stuff maybe hit us up on tumblr <laughs> tumblr they just changed their layout too and i'm pissed at them oh, for that god why do people why do they I just, this it's is a side so... tangent. Cut this if you need This to. whole episode is a fucking side tangent. It's classic, fine. A classic fickless episode. Yeah, true. I don't understand. This when... is the most true to ourselves we've <laughs> ever true. been. It's true. I don't understand when, like, the when apps or something, like, just change their user interface for yeah. no reason. Sucks. Like, it wasn't broken. It was Sucks. fine. You, you just leave it alone. Yeah. And get I, I get it. Maybe I'm, like, I am old man shaking fist at cloud being like, I hate change. But also, like... But sometimes it, change is bad. It, it's just sometimes you don't need it. No. If it's not needed, why? Right. And the thing, the thing that drives me crazy about this Tumblr change is that, like, they changed it to be more like Twitter. Oh, my God. When literally everyone is leaving Twitter. Everyone's jumping ship. Right. I was like, no, no, no. Don't make Twitter. Right. Like, be Tumblr. Now is the time to be Tumblr. Because you were getting, like, re- like Reddit and Twitter people yep. being like, well, fuck this shit, and yep. coming jumping ship back to Tumblr, which is its own bag of worms. But right. I was like, now is not the time to try to be Twitter. <laughs> now yeah, is the time to just lean in. Tumblr. Now is the time to release the porn. Yes. Release the porn. <laughs> like, now is the time. So anyway, send us, I don't know, send us a fucking message in a bottle. Like, somehow send us some kind of indication of topics of discussion that you'd be interested in. Because I'm sure, yeah, you can send us an email. Reach out to us on TikTok if you have a topic of discussion. If you're 18 or over, join our Discord, which is linked in our link tree. And, you know, drop some, drop some ideas. We're open to them. What do you want to hear from us? Because we also don't want to, like, we could sit here and like talk about all of these topics that make like are interesting to us but also we want to know if there's anything that you want to listen to specifically 
We'll take a crack at it. Right. We can obviously sit and talk forever about yes. almost nothing. Yeah, truly. <laughs> As a exhibit A, this episode. Yeah. We're an hour and a half in. I thought for sure this episode was going to be under an I hour. Nope. And, and I imagine that like 45 minutes of that is strike. Everything else is us. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> This is why all of our episodes are so long. But anyway, um, obviously we will we will do our best yeah. to do episodes about stuff that people are interested in. So send us a topic. Those are a couple that were that are examples that are mm-hmm. permeating. If you can think of other things, I am hoping to maybe talk about the online creator landscape in terms of labor. Like this, I need to do more research into this. But I think um, one of the TikTokers that I love, whose name always escapes me, he raised an important point about user-generated content being the new frontier amidst the strike like Mm -hmm. what people are failing to recognize is that this might be the end of traditional media right because youtube entered entered the chat youtube tiktok you know stuff like he was like i'm hoping we see an indie renaissance frankly like more people than ever have access to creation because of online content creation but it is incredibly difficult to monetize it Mm -hmm. and it is incredibly difficult to make a living at it because it's None of us are union. We <laughs> yep. don't have an online creators union. So it's like one of those things where like it's a fascinating part of this whole biosphere of shit going on right now that I think is an interesting episode unto itself. Yeah, I think that that. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, about mm-hmm. like just how different it things look now, given how accessible the Internet is and yeah. like and all of the implications of that. Well, it's like think about companies like the try guys oh true right so they are yeah i love dropout they're standing in solidarity too by the way yeah so if you don't have a dropout subscription uh, may now is maybe the time to get one Mm -hmm. i love them so you know you look at a company like the try guys right second Mm -hmm. try productions they used to work for buzzfeed this major media conglomerate they went out on their own they started this whole thing they started their company and i am always so fascinated to watch these little startups become the thing that they tried to get away from and that's not an accusation like i think the try guys are doing the best that they can but like the whole ned scandal showed that they had some really serious flaws with their internal structure where they didn't have in-house hr they didn't have anybody like that just shouldn't like they didn't they weren't prepared to be a company because they were a bunch of friends who made videos Mm -hmm. and i think that is one of the things happening i mean i see it a little bit with watcher where i'm always like you have a lot of interns. Mm. I have questions about that. Right. I'm sure they're a lovely employer. I'm sure they're all sure. happy to be there. But like that doesn't negate the fact that this is could be a labor question. Exactly. And so I'm very interested to see how user generated content evolves in the in the face of this. And if we start having the same discussions about wages and protections mm-hmm. in that new space, which I think is inevitable. Right. That we're having with traditional media. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that like fascinating? That is really, it's absolutely wild to think about. And like, I don't know. I just keep thinking about like the cyclical nature of this. Like it it feels like every so often you have to like take a stand (laughs) against like, hey, we need to be be paid fairly, equally. Um, And it's it's wild. But I think that those are really salient points. Thanks. Yeah. So that's the episode. That is our that is our strike special. <laughs> we'll keep you posted as stuff goes on. I'm sure as things continue to happen with the strike, we might post a little like, hey, this is the deal now. Yeah. Um, this is whatever. We are, you know, we're going to do our best. We'll keep you posted as to convention stuff. 
Yeah, we'll see where that lands. Yeah, because, like, I don't know, when you talk about sponsorship, like, does Netflix sponsor C2E2? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. We have to do some research some into that before. Into that, yeah. Our intention is to go to New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. we have some panel ideas put forth in there we don't know whether or not they're going to be accepted mm -hmm. we feel reasonably sure if they're short on programming that they might choose us <laughs> um and that's a discussion we'll have to have that's a that's a bridge we'll burn when we cross it <laughs> exactly if, if that bridge materializes we'll talk about it yeah we'll figure it out then but um just keep an eye and we'll do our best to keep you in the loop as we mm. make decisions and thank you for your patience as we do something different yes. this is not what you signed up for <laughs> exactly yeah thank you so much for your, your continued support and yep. um we we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you all. I mean, 100%. You know, we otherwise we would just be sitting here screaming into a void. Yeah. Which, I mean, frankly, we do anyway. Yeah. At this point, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> helpful but, to do anyway. You know, the, I think someone in the Discord was very kind and said, no matter what you do, we'll be here to listen. And I don't think anyone ever expects that when you start on a creative journey. It right. is a gift that you have given us as mm -hmm. two goofballs with a pair of microphones and a lot of opinions um and we don't take it for granted so thank you we take it actually very seriously yes, we really, so really do. uh thank you for going with us on this journey and um tell bob Agar you want your ficklist back so yep. he can eat shit and he should give the writers and the actors everything they want yes okay 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 <laughs> great where can people find us alan if they want to support us okay well no longer at twitter because that is deceased now rip in peace twitter <laughs> rip in peace twitter <laughs> in the arms of, of the angels. angels what's that night there was a celine dion song that was the commercial that would wake me up at three in the morning i fall asleep on the couch oh 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 <laughs> it was uh, not so pleasure. <laughs> that too yeah <laughs> wow those sound waves on that recording <laughs> you're sorry. welcome everyone sorry to the <laughs> listeners pop your airpods out i'm sorry if you stop listening to us because of that i mean i, I understand yeah, we, no no hard feelings it's we fine. get it i get it <laughs> whoops uh so not twitter well you can find us on twitter we haven't actually yeah, deleted it, it yet as of now but. it's still standing if you would like to go for it know that it's a, we're, we're probably jumping ship soon yeah uh, you can find us on tumblr um yes. run by the inevitable caitlin yep. thank you so much caitlin for the your support podcast.tumblr.com thank you Aaron. honestly our best social media but truly really it's so and truly good. yeah um you can interact with us on the tiki talkie the tiki talkie um that's aaron who runs that thank you so much for doing that you're welcome i uh, think yeah i'm gonna go back to posting more of our normal content on tiktok now that we've had this episode this conversation yeah like happened. i'll post our little snippet from this episode and then i will make clear on tiktok what the deal is but i love that yeah so you'll start seeing my face again <laughs> <laughs> joy i love About it general fandom shenanigans yep, yep. um and if you are really trying to get in touch with us and have don't have a TikTok or a Tumblr, email us. Yeah. Theficklist at gmail.com. Correct. All if you are the Squishables marketing director, <laughs> please reach out to me. Yes, immediately, please. I will sell my soul. <laughs> if you can get me one of those Mothman squishies, I'm yep. good. Um, as Aaron, as, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we also have a Ko-Fi slash coffee, um, which is really just if you want to if you feel so moved to want to support us or to help us uh, try to offset the costs of doing the show, we are, of course, super appreciative of that. Um, but no one, you are under no obligation to do so. Um, There's stickers. Um, if you want to support us in that way, grab yourself a sticker. Again, laptops, great. Notebooks, great. Phone cases, good. Uh, water bottles, bad. 
Yeah, Not don't good. do it. <laughs> don't do it on a water bottle. <laughs> yeah, stay away from. The, you should have a water bottle yes. to clarify. Hydrate before you dehydrate. Correct. Just don't put a fickle sticker on it because <laughs> you will be sad. <laughs> because then your sticker will hydrate and dehydrate. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, correct. Um, um, and anything else you want to find out, you can go to thefitlist.com and mm-hmm. there'll be links to all of wherever you can find us. Every corner of the internet in which we are, you can find there. I forgot about our website. You're so right. We do <laughs> have a website. We do have a website. Thefitlist.com. Yep. I made that. You did. I, did. I forgot about it. Was it beautiful. Thanks. It's cool. Our friend Evelyn did a doodle of us for a charity oh, thing, yeah. and that's our about us photo on it. So, Thanks, shout Evelyn. out Evelyn. Yeah. The best. Evelyn, who was in an episode of The Thick List, not, you know, yes, two were. episodes ago. <laughs> oh, <man>. Yeah. <laughs> two episodes about 17 years ago. Holy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that really threw me. Yeah. So if you want to hear us talk about uh, half a million words of Lord of the Rings fanfic <laughs> with our pal Evelyn, uh, they're incredible. So you yes. should um, go listen to that. Um, yeah. Support the strike. Um, I think we'll probably toss some strike info in the summary of this episode. Mm-hmm. So that way you can just click directly into the strike hubs and the entertainment community fund, all that kind of stuff. So thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, have a good one. Yeah. We'll see you on the next one. Well, we won't see you. You'll, <laughs> you'll hear you'll us. You'll see us. Well, like, you'll hear us. Yeah. After the fact. After, yes. Yes. Like approximately after a few weeks. two to three weeks after <laughs> our, we've had this conversation. <laughs> Business weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Eventually. All right. We gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we gotta cut this off. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>